Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Kings fans, what's good? It's been a while. Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball. I am your host, Damian Borling, and I thank you so much for downloading, streaming. I thank you so much for listening, and I thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage, though, unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of Sacramento Kings coverage uh, to give, but I thought here, as uh, we found out, the NBA was getting ready to open Training facilities in states with uh, lax or perhaps more relaxed uh, stay-at-home mandates that now might be a good time to jump on in here and get back to some regular uh, posts here on the podcast. And there's a couple of things of note. Uh, If you listen to my daily show, the podcast with Damian Barling, uh, one, thank you. Two, if you don't, you should. I think you'll like it. It's not King's coverage. Uh, It's more just a general uh, discussion about uh, sports and just different thoughts and things that are going on in the world and entertainment and pop culture and all of that stuff. So you can search the podcast with Damian Barling here in this very same podcast platform that you're listening to this one on. Uh, But I'm not of the belief that the NBA season is coming back. I'm certainly not of the belief that if it does, by some miracle, the NBA season does come back. I'm not of the belief that there'll be any regular season games. Uh, But the Kings are kind of in that they're kind of in no man's land. Like if you've, and I'm sure all of you have been, you know, following, you know, the the, the saga of the NBA and what are they going to do? Just as we have with, you know, the NFL and Major League Baseball, and now Major League Baseball's got to take notes from the Korean Baseball League, and we're trying to figure out how to get sports in addition, in addition to you know reopening states and kind of getting back to normal just in life in general, sports leagues are trying to figure out uh, what they can do, how they can get their business going again. And with the NBA having some unfinished business, you know, one of the teams that uh, said when the made, when the NBA first announced, okay, you know what? Well, we're, I think we're going to go with May 1st. May 1st, we're going to, you know, we're going to open up uh, the, the training facilities, which have been closed to all players and clo- coaches for a very long time. I think we're going to, we're going to go ahead and open up these training facilities and, oh, you know what? Oh, okay, May 1st isn't a good idea. Let's go ahead and make it May 8th. Let's go, okay, May 8th. We're going to go ahead and open this up. Well, May 8th is Friday, and over the last, you know, six or seven days since they originally made that announcement, a number of states, including the state of California, have come up with uh, phases in the idea of, of reopening the state, if you will, and, and the, the idea of getting businesses going again and, and, and taking, you know, our first steps into at least attempting to get back uh, to life as we knew it way, way back uh, on March 11th. And, and I know, uh, you know, some people were already working from home on March 11th, but it felt like, you know, everything kind of shifted. It felt like the, you know, the overall tone of the conversation as it pertained to the coronavirus 
changed on March 11th when the NBA suspended its season. Uh, when that, you know, incredible game, that that incredible moment wasn't a game. It was a moment between the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder occurred. And then the reporting started to come out from there. And then we get the, you know, the announcement that the NBA season has been suspended. And then shortly after that, you know, I think it was the next day, the NCAA tournament was suspended. It might have actually been Friday that the NCAA tournament was suspended. But by that point, every, just everything was done. Uh, once the NBA made that ruling, all sports leagues uh, that were uh, going on, as we know, the NHL shut down. Uh, you know, although the major conference tournament shut down before the March Madness was officially canceled. So, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to go back and remember what life was like way back then. And now states are trying to take their first steps into, okay, we're, we're not getting back to normal, but we're going to start taking those steps to getting back to normal. And when the NBA originally made this announcement, California was kind of still on the, you know, there was, you know, Massachusetts come to mind. They, they had a date. I think their date for the, the end of the stay at home mandate was, it was Friday. It's, it's, it's May 8th and California, we were on the indefinite plan. <laughs> you know, Gavin Newsom had us on the, okay, uh, we're just going to have to chill. And when we're good to no longer chill, I'll let y'all know. And as, you know, time kind of went along, you know, California has done, particularly the city of Sacramento. I don't know how many of you saw the, the article in the Sacramento Bee that talked about, you know, Sacramento being one of the, one of the best uh, metro, major metropolitan areas in, in the United States in terms of, you know, we've, we've limited the impact of the coronavirus here. And I, I think that's obviously, that, that, that's a huge positive. Sacramento isn't the size, certainly, of, of you know, New York, which was the worst. And a lot of the, the cities that ranked at the top of that list in terms of, you know, coronavirus cases per 1,000 people, they were areas with major populations, but they were also areas that occupied the Northeast. Boston was one of them. I think they were third. I think Providence was the second worst. And of course, New York was far and away uh, the absolute worst. But Gavin Newsom has decided that, that, that the state of California is going to start taking steps to reopen, and they're going to start taking those steps on Friday. And when the NBA originally said, "Oh, we're going to look to, we're going to look to open up these, you know, these training facilities again for the teams," California was was they were on the indefinite plan, so that didn't mean anything for the Sacramento Kings. It didn't mean anything for the Golden State Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers. It didn't mean anything uh, for any of those teams. Just as you know, when that announcement was made, the Atlanta Hawks was like, "Yeah." It's cool. Like, we'll see what happens. So, so the thing that's worth pointing out, and it, we could tie in some remarks that Steve Kerr made uh, over the last you know week or so, where Steve Kerr said, you know, this this really feels like an off season, and we're approaching this as if it's the off season, and that's just kind of where we're at. Like things are shut down for us. Yeah, that's 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 great for Golden State because they're not gonna they're not making the playoffs under you know any idea of of a of a season coming back even if there were regular season games to be played i think there were what roughly you know give or take what 18 to 20 left on the schedule we're certainly not playing 18 to 20 regular season games and even if we did and the warriors won all 20 they're not going to make the playoffs the same thing is true for the atlanta hawks the kings are stuck in that position they're in stuck like in no man's land where it's like okay if the NBA season comes back and it's just for the playoff teams, then we're out. 
and we missed it by, you know, three and a half games. It, it sucks. It was still a long shot, but it was a shot. But they also have the, you know what? We're going to come back. We're going to play five regular season games. And then we're, again, I think this is extremely far-fetched, but play along. We're going to play five regular season games. The Kings have to approach this as like, well, it's a long shot, but we could do it. Like, we can make it. We're, you know, we're three and a half back from the Memphis Grizzlies. If one of these games just happens to be against Memphis, maybe, maybe we could get into the playoff spot. So they're kind of stuck in that position where the NBA doesn't have a plan. They have ideas. They have plans, plural, like they have ideas, plural, but they have nothing that they can implement and go like, okay, we're going with this. We've all heard the idea about the, you know, the MGM Grand and Las Vegas and the, and the so-called NBA bubble. We've also heard or read that the NBA, they, they, well, they're, they're, they're not going to ask players and coaches to be away from their family members for, you know, the next two and a half or three months. They're they're not going to ask anybody to do that. So it's like, okay, what does this NBA bubble look like? We know that traveling parties, depending on the franchises, generally, and we're going to, we're going to just, sometimes it's a little higher, sometimes it's a little lower. So just for argument's sake, we're going to say it's 50. Traveling party, about 50 people. Once you factor in players and you factor in coaches and you factor in, uh, strength and conditioning people and you factor in your doctors and your PR person and your uh, media relations person and you factor in all of these people. You've got 50 people going on a traveling party. Well, the idea is perhaps that, you know, maybe we can shrink that party to, uh, I don't know, 30-something, maybe 35. Maybe the... Media relations person and the public relations person doesn't have to go. You've obviously you've got to have your trainer there. You've got to have your doctor there. There are, you know, we've become uh, so uh, used to the term, you know, essential essential businesses. Well, the trainer and the strength coach they are essential business for basketball teams. So they got to be a part of the travel party. So these teams can wither down what these traveling parties would look like and. They're not exactly, you know, traveling. They're just all going to some sort of bubble, whether it be in Las Vegas or whether it be at uh, Disney World in Orlando. And those are, those are you know, but multiple ideas that have been kicked around. One thing we know, there isn't going to be a 2-2-1-1-1 seven-game series where teams are flying all over the place. We know that that's not going to happen. Uh, we know if the if if the NBA does find a way for the playoffs to return, it's probably going to be a, a an abbreviated return where perhaps we get the best two out of three, maybe for the first round. Maybe we get the best two out of three for the first two rounds, or maybe we get the best two out of three, and then we get the best three out of five, and then maybe we go to the best of seven when we start talking about you know the conference finals and the NBA finals. All of this is speculation on my part because there's no. There, the, the, and, and there's no right answer to any of this. There's no right answer for the NBA because anything that the NBA comes up with, assuming, of course, that they come up with anything, it's going to be scrutinized. It's going to be picked apart. And it's going to be, oh, well, yeah, but. And the fact is, with practice facilities opening, and, you know, there's, um, there are there are certain mandates to this that I don't think were made entirely clear in the uh, report of the 16-page memo that went out. Uh, but we know that uh, they're not practices. All players aren't uh, 
like if you're out of town, if you're, if, if, for example, if, if, if De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley aren't here, if they're not in the city of Sacramento, just hypothetically, if they're not in the city of Sacramento and the Golden One Center opens up for players to train at, that doesn't mean that they have to come back. It's, it's not like, this isn't football. This isn't the NFL. These aren't uh, organized team activities where they're optional, but they're not really optional. That's not what these are. This is just to give guys who are in the market who may not have, you know, we all assume that everybody's got the Mike Conley gym at the house. Not everybody has that. So this return, this opening of the, the, the practice facilities, it, it, in the end, it, does, it, it, it doesn't really mean much. You know, I saw a lot of people saying, well, this is, here we go. This is the first step. Like, no, it's not. It's a step, sure, but it's not the first step in the NBA season returning. Not even close. Now, if you told me, okay, practices are resuming. Okay, now we're talking. That's a step. Not only is that a step moving forward, that is a big step moving forward. But that's not where we are. The facilities are opening up. Basically, if you read the memo, it says they're opening for for what essentially turns out to be individual workouts. The memo, as it's reported by Woj, says uh, no coaches can be involved in the workout. And I'm going to tell you, I don't think that's 100% accurate. I think there are certain coaches that can't be involved in the workout. And when I say certain coaches, I don't mean coaches of certain teams. I mean, you know, there are front row coaches and there are back row coaches. Uh, There are player development coaches. There are a lot of coaches that have the title coaches, but they all do different things. I'm not sure that it's, you know, De'Aaron Fox walking into the Golden One Center. and (laughs) It's almost a funny visual because you don't see it with NBA players. But it's like De'Aaron Fox just walking into an MC gym, shooting the ball and running around and getting his own rebound. I'm not confident that that's what was outlined in the memo. Uh, But we'll see again. These are all things that we'll see how they develop. And we shoot, we might find out as soon as Friday. I don't even know where California stands with this, to be honest. Again, California was one of the uh, uh, originally when this when this uh, when this announcement was made by the NBA, it was originally. Yeah. Well, too bad for the Kings, too bad for the Warriors, too bad for the Lakers and Clippers because they don't have relaxed stay-at-home laws. Or relaxed stay-at-home mandates, I should say, not laws. Relaxed stay-at-home mandates. But, you know, now with, 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 with Gavin Newsom taking, I think, I, th- I think this is phase two uh, coming up on Friday where certain retail stores are, are, are going to be opening in, in certain forms. And it's like, okay, well, if retail stores are opening up, I got to imagine that a private training facility, it's not like 24-hour fitness is opening up. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know it's not like, you know, Buddy and De'Aaron got to swipe their card on the way into the Golden One Center and, you know, get checked in by the front desk clerk. Like, they, they're going in there and they're working out. And there's only can be, I think, four people in a building at the same time, which is a little bit odd because all of the training facilities, all of the practice facilities are all different sizes. So, you know, I, I, I actually think the Kings have one of the smaller ones. The Celtics, theirs is enormous. Uh, there are other, theirs is off-site. Obviously, the Kings, that's, that's at the Golden One Center. Now, the Celtics, they've got one that's off-site. Uh, a number of other teams, they have training facilities that are off-site. The Dallas Mavericks, their training practice, their practice facility is in the, uh, it's in the arena. It's in the American Airlines arena. So, it, like, they're all kind of different. So, how you determine, oh, there can only be four people, it's like... Okay, four people at the Sacramento Kings facility could look a lot different than four people at another facility. 
But again, this is this is all speculation on my part. This is all guessing. This is all trying to piece this stuff together. And that's kind of what we're all doing right now is we're trying to guess and we're trying to piece it together. And, you know, that's one of the frustrating parts, you know, when we when we just, you know, kind of focus solely on basketball, when we focus focus solely on our love for sports. uh, It's one of the more frustrating things about being an NBA fan is that the potential of, you know, so many unanswered questions. And as an NBA fan, if we're lucky, maybe maybe we'll get, you know, at least in some way, shape, or form, some questions answered. Maybe in some way, shape, or form, we'll get a playoffs. It's always going to have a weird feel to it because, you know, the season is completely halted. And by the time, you know, if, if, capital I-F, if any type of season comes back, it's, man, the we're talking, let's, let's go, be, I think best, best, Best case scenario, we're talking about July, maybe mid-July. That's how many, is that like four months off? March, April, May, June? That's a lot of time off. That's damn near a brand new season. But it's like, okay, come back, get in the groove, and go win a championship in about a span of six weeks. So, it, it, it you know, even you know, no matter how it turns out, there's going to be this, oh, man, and for the Kings, it's it's really frustrating because the Kings were playing really, really well uh, headed into the break. Or you know, I don't want to overstate it like they were, you know, on fire, but they were playing pretty damn good. And then there was a stretch there where they were one of the better teams in the entire league in terms of uh, maybe, what, February, maybe all-star break time up till uh, the shutdown on March 11th. And man, that game of all games for 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 the season to be shut down on, the Kings and the Pelicans. I know it was a nationally televised game and everybody was really excited about that, but you talk about a measuring stick. The Pelicans who I thought, "Ooh, they look pretty dangerous. They were kind of going in the other direction. They hadn't completely collapsed and were totally gone, but they had lost some games that they just couldn't afford to lose. And this was a big measuring stick game. This was a barometer to figure out, okay, do the Kings really have a chance at this? And Luke Walton uh, had a uh, press conference call uh, several weeks back in which he talked about that. And, you know, he talked about whether the Kings could have sustained the run that they were on. And Luke Walton says, and I quote, I was really pleased with the way we were playing over the last 20, 25 games. We were really starting to play some consistent basketball. We were just going out and playing and defending and just playing the way we want to play. Guys were understanding each other and knowing and playing off of each other, and you could see it in these games. So there are some really ex- there was some really exciting stuff uh, to continue to build on, and there's some stuff that we want to continue to try more. Uh, five-out actions and some of our smaller lineups that we were getting into, uh, having De'Aaron back and having him play at the level he was playing at, running some more of the pistol actions and continuing to get Harrison some uh, looks at the four, uh, little things like that. That's been exciting to go back and watch, end quote. I did, oh, actually, not end quote. I want to continue. I want to continue with his thoughts on Buddy Heald because as we you know talk about the season prematurely coming to an end and we talk about unanswered questions. You know, Buddy Heald was kind of those 
okay, like Buddy is playing really, really well since this move to the bench. You know, Buddy is uh, shot more consistently, and whether it's you know De'Aaron being around, uh, whether it's Marvin being out, whether it's a combination of everything, whether it's you know jumping into the game as a six man in a game that already has a flow versus trying to establish the flow. Those, those are all questions that we had about Buddy Heald. Was Buddy Heald happy with his role? Would Buddy Heald ask for a trade? How does this affect Bogdan Bogdanovich? All of those types of things. Uh, Luke Walton said on that press conference, and again, I quote, Buddy was really dominating his role for us coming off the bench. Bogey in the starting lineup was making nice basketball plays. Uh, so we had a lot of good, positive things going for us as a team. We were excited. We were looking forward to every matchup we were playing, and our guys were giving it their all, again, end quote. So, you know, you look at the season, you look at the, the, the premature ending, or perhaps premature ending to the season, and you think, okay, what are the biggest questions for the Sacramento Kings approaching the offseason? And this is going to be, and, and you know, really, a, a, a good question to start with doesn't necessarily have to do with the Kings. It has to do with the league as a whole. Is How does all of this affect the offseason? And I don't mean like the timing. We know the timing of everything is going to be off. We already know that the lottery has been postponed because we don't know if the season is officially over. Uh, we know, I don't know that the draft has been officially postponed, though all signs are pointing to it happening much, much later, potentially as late as August. Uh, another question, are we looking at a situation where the entire NBA year moves? Are we no longer looking at a potential, or are we no longer looking at the current October to June timeline, and are we looking at a more December to August timeline? Does summer league now become fall league? You know, how does, how do, you know, how does all of this take shape over the course of the rest of the 2020 calendar year? And what like and, and like what's the motivation for what's the motivation for free agents? Like it's it there has to be a difficult it's it's difficult for teams, I think, to evaluate themselves. It's one thing for games to be cut off at the beginning of the year. Right? Like it's one thing if there if we have a strike shortened season. We had one of those not too long ago. If we have a strike shortened season and the season starts late, it still has a definitive end, even if it's only 50 games played it still has a definitive end and teams were able to ramp up, get to a certain point and get into the playoffs or not get into the playoffs and then approach their off season. This is entirely different. This is, it's like we were all watching a movie. Like we, we were packed into the world's biggest theater and we were watching a movie. And then in the, you know, the, the, the you know, the pivotal scenes in the final 15 minutes, the projector cut out. And for the, for the last, you know, for the last month and a half, almost two months, we've all been like sitting around in the movie theater staring at each other like, well, what's going to happen now? And it's like, well, we, we don't know, but we know the sequel is going to come out in a couple months. Like our, all our teams, we, the, 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 we all have these individual sequels that are about to come out and it's like, uh, how do you how do you write next season? How do you write the sequel not knowing how the movie you were just watching ends? And I'm not talking about us. We can fantasy book all we want. That's fun. It's 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 great playing fantasy fantasy general manager. But what if you're the real general manager? How are you trying to figure out? Okay, 
we're, we're, we're good with Buddy. You know what I mean? And how do players' mindsets change? Like, are we going to continue to approach, you know, all of the stuff around the trade deadline about, oh, the Kings made all of these savvy moves to make up for all of their bad moves, and now they have the money to pay Bogdan Bogdanovich. I know the people listening to this podcast are far too smart to fall for that nonsense. The Sacramento Kings always had the money to pay Bogdan Bogdanovich. It was just a question of whether they were going to pay Bogdan Bogdanovich and how much they were willing to pay Bogdan Bogdanovich. And although those questions are kind of still in the, you know, they're, they're, they're still there. They're still out there in the basketball universe. But what does Bogey mean for, hypothetically, because it's always fun, the San Antonio Spurs offseason? Do the San Antonio Spurs want to continue to approach Bogdan Bogdanovich? Were they ever going to approach Bogdan Bogdanovich? Um, what, what were the Kings' targets? Did they have any targets in the upcoming free agency? Uh, we know Rashawn Holmes seems to, 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 to love Sacramento. Do we got to restructure Rashawn Holmes deal or did he, you know, he was in a tough spot and that he was playing phenomenal. Then he got hurt and then he had just gotten back and it's like, Oh, by the way, the season is over sort of it's certainly shutting down if nothing else. So, you know, and then, you know, you have the uncomfortable conversation about Marvin Bagley. Like if the, Season had continued, would Marvin Bagley have uh, continued to? Would would Marvin Bagley have come back and played, or would this have been, would would he have been done? Would Marvin Bagley have seen the floor if there were another twenty games? It seems like the answer is no. Though no one wanted to say that out loud, it sure felt like the 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 the, the Kings were comfortable in not having Marvin Bagley return. And for my money, like, why would you? And that's not a knock on Marvin Bagley. That's a praise of the way the Sacramento Kings were playing. Why would you kind of force him into a position as the number two draft pick with, you know, uh, (laughs) with a rather high-profile player taken after you uh, that much of the franchise or, or much of the franchise fan base seems to have loved it puts him in a position where he's got to get out there and he probably forces it a little bit. It puts him in a position where he's got to go out there and he, he's probably got to do a little too much. And, 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 and I don't mean he has to do too much as in the Kings expect him to do too much or, or do a lot, but Marvin Bagley is going to go out there and want to do a lot. He's going to put it on himself and he's going to wind up doing too much. And these are all, again, these are all questions that we don't know the answer to but the front office and the coaching staff is going to have to, okay, they're going to have to create scenarios and go over them. Totally fictitious scenarios like, okay, guys, uh, we're sitting down. We're planning for this offseason. The NBA, uh, they've moved on. They're just doing a playoff format, and we're out of it, so our offseason is here. What are we going to do? So let's operate under the assumption Marvin Bagley didn't play. You know, Marvin Bagley was shut down. He never played a game again. Okay, what is our direction with Marvin Bagley going forward? Are we just under, okay, he's going to get healthy, and we're going to insert him back into the starting lineup? Is, is that what it's going to be? I mean, you look around the NFL, and you, you see guys like, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, for example, number three over, over, overall pick, or actually, what was he, number two? We saw Solomon Thomas as well. Well, We saw, you know, high draft picks, very, very high draft picks uh, not get their fifth-year options picked up. And, you know, you, you can, 
it's never a good idea, particularly with a quarterback, to uh, metaphorically punt like that on a draft pick. Man, you it's really tough to do in the NBA because if you're drafting that high, there's a lot of quality players there. Not all the time, and there are, and there and there are drafts where you look back and you go, oh, yikes. There wasn't really a whole lot happening with this draft. Unfortunately, the draft with Marvin Bagley, <laughs> it's not one of those drafts. And you, if you're an organization, you can't, you can't give up on him. I don't think the fan base has given up on him. I think the fan base is very frustrated. They see what Luka Doncic is doing, uh, and they see that Marvin Bagley's not playing. But the, but the, but the question that Luke Walton in, in, in the front office and in, in the coaching staff and all of those people, they have to ask themselves is like, okay, is the issue, is the only it, issue with Marvin Bagley his health? Because if it is, if, if we're under the belief that, well, if we get Marvin Bagley healthy, we're fine. We're, we're good. Or is it a bigger issue like, well, even if we get Marvin Bagley healthy, like he's not developing the way we want to. Or can he stay healthy long enough even to develop? Because now you have, and, and that's the biggest problem with him missing so many games is that he's, his development is getting stunted because he's not, he's not playing in the NBA. Guys, you know, you know, players will tell you time and time and time and time again, they get better by playing against better competition. Their game elevates. Well, Marvin Bagley hasn't been able to do that. And it's awesome if Marvin Bagley is, you know, he hasn't even been able to train, I, I Assume, I don't know what Marvin Bagley is doing with his time, but with, with stay-at-home mandates and with social distancing being a thing, I don't know how much training he's been able to do. I don't know how much training any of these guys have been able to do. But you want Marvin, you, you, you want him to get healthy. Like, that's, you know, a concern. You know, if you were an injured player heading into this suspended season, like, how have you been rehabbing? Or have you been rehabbing? Like, how have you, how have you been? Because it's one thing to do these, you know, these virtual workouts that we're starting to, you know, hear so much about as they pertain to the NFL. Virtual workouts aren't the same as virtual rehab. Like, when you're doing rehab, you want a doctor and a trainer to look at you closely because with rehab, it's not about, oh, yeah, I'm doing curls and I'm doing explosive strengths and I'm doing, you know, cleaning jerks and snatches and all this stuff. And, yeah, like, no, that that's... Mm-mm. No, it's about technique. It's about balance. It's, it's, it's about core strength, particularly when you're talking about lower body injuries. With, with, with Rashawn Holmes, you know, I'm sure even though he came back to play, he was still, he's still rehabbing his shoulder. He's still trying to get, you know, full range of motion in his shoulder. Those are, those are difficult things to evaluate through Zoom, you know what I mean, or, or, or FaceTime. And, and I feel not, not just for the Sacramento Kings, but all NBA players who were, you know, who were working their way back from injuries that seemingly no longer had access to their trainers and their medical staff. So, the, you know, the, there's, there's just so much to digest. There's so many unanswered questions. And again, I'm not of the belief that the NBA season is going to return. But if they're able to put something together, in which people get tested on a regular basis, if they're able to eliminate a situation where that, you know, potential patient zero scenario comes back into effect, if, the, if they're able to handle that and, and we're able to get some, pl- some, some, some form of, of, of playoff basketball, like that's great. And I think that's great for all involved, even the Sacramento Kings. 
Because I think one of the difficulties right now is we don't have a definitive end. We don't know if everything is over. Like we think the regular season is over. Like at, at the most, we think the regular season is over, but we don't know that for sure. But once the NBA comes out, and I think we're probably, I'm just common sense would say you have to start looking at June where, okay, guys, you got to do something here. Either announce a plan or announce the season's over, but you've got to do something. And I think we're, you know, I think we're, we're probably talking maybe another month, maybe, maybe the middle of June, somewhere around there where we get a, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, here's how it's going to, you know, impact players. Uh, here's, you know, the time frame that we're looking at. Okay, great. Or, uh, this sucks. It's over. Uh, we're going to hand out, you know, regular season awards. We're going to hand out MVPs and defensive player of the years and all of that stuff, you know, through a virtual reality show or for a, a, a virtual award show in July. Yeah. I, but I think once that we get that, it'll, it, it'll be, it'll be better for everybody involved, including teams that don't make the playoffs like the Sacramento Kings. I think it'll be better for, okay, season's over. Let's really get to work on what we've got to do this off season. And I think part of, you know, whatever potential announcement in, in my fictitious, you know, deadline that I've created here is also, uh, if the season is over, then it's over. But tell us, like, when does the season start? When does the 2020-2021 season start? Does it start in October? Or are you really moving it to December? If we're talking mid-June, that means almost certainly the draft is being pushed back. They can't do any of these workouts. There's not going to be any summer league. There's certainly not going to be any California Classic. None of that stuff is going to happen. So how are you going to, as the NBA, navigate that? And then this is, you know, it's, we, we heard about it with, with the uh, NFL draft. But with the NFL draft, you have normally, at, at, at the very least, you have two years. Usually, you've got about three years worth of film to look at. You've got three years worth of film. And in, in many cases, you know, especially based on the way the first round in the NFL draft went this year, you've got film and some pretty high-profile games to look at. The NBA, you've got a couple of months. You've got a couple of months worth of film to look at on a player during the college season. You don't even have the NCAA tournament to look at. You don't even have the conference championships to look at. And this draft, whoo, man, this draft is going to be tough. I do not envy a single general manager in the league. This is going to be an extremely difficult draft uh, for teams around the NBA to navigate. But the sooner they can get a jump on it, the better. I don't think there's any way that the draft happens in June. And the Players Association has already, you know, said that they would really like it in August. We may even see a situation where it becomes later than August. But as part of as part of my make-believe scenario that I just created here on this podcast, I, I would like for them to announce that as well. When they announce the season is over or when they announce whatever their plan is, Tell us when the 2021 season starts. Uh, tell us when free agency starts. Lay out what the what what essentially is it, it could very well be the new league year. Lay out for that. Uh, lay out for us what that is going to look like. Uh, before we wrap things up here, uh, I want to show some love to a number of Sacramento players, uh, including Corey Joseph. He and his family uh, donated thousands of meals to help. 
feed children uh, all across Canada, and uh, the meals will specifically go to school ch- children uh, impacted by the COVID-19 virus. Corey Joseph said, and I quote, with the platform I have, I feel it my responsibility to help out those in need, especially the children back at home uh, that are most vulnerable to the conditions of poverty. Growing up in the Toronto area, I saw those realities, so I hold a special place in my heart for this next generation. I'm very humbled to support these kids uh, with greater food security uh, during this pandemic so they can live healthy lives and go on to achieve their dreams. And quote again, that is Corey Joseph. Also, big applause to Harrison Barnes, Bogdan Bogdanovich, De'Aaron Fox, and Rashawn Holmes. They joined together to do- donate more than 1,000 meals to family and children while also supporting local restaurants here in Sacramento. Uh, Harrison Barnes and his wife, Brittany, they also donated $40,000 to fund weekly groceries uh, for vulnerable family and, and seniors uh, for the next, uh, the next month or so. Uh, and they also uh, donated uh, uh, Dutch Brothers uh, coffee and pastries to physicians and staff working at Kaiser Permanente South Sacramento Medical Center's uh, intensive care unit. So the Sacramento Kings players uh, are doing some good here in our community as they so regularly do. Uh, I thank you so much for uh, tuning in today. Uh, I want to get back to a regular post here on the Sacramento Kings podcast. Uh, again, if you haven't checked out the podcast with Damian Barlin, go check that out. It drops every single day. Uh, first thing in the morning, usually between uh, 8 and 9, depending on what time I wake up. And I've been waking up pretty regularly uh, at 5 o'clock. If you want to support this podcast or any of my podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash Damian Barling. Tons of exclusives there on the Patreon site. Again, that is patreon.com slash Damien Barling, or you can go to DamienBarling.com and click the orange Patreon button in the upper left-hand corner. Thank you so much again for tuning in. We will see you here next week on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network.